the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. In our culture, love is a feeling. Our love is an emotion. Love is something that we express with uh, sentimental language, you know, with cards or poems and, and that kind of thing. In the Bible, in biblical times, in Jesus' day, love was demonstrated. Jesus demonstrated his love for you when he died on the cross. He wasn't all talk. Jesus was and still is love in action. The Bible says if you really love the Lord, it will be evident by how you love others and obey his commands. Pastor Dan challenges you in today's message to evaluate your life. Does your love for Jesus motivate you to love others and obey him? If not, what changes can you make in your life to grow closer to him? Even small changes can make a drastic difference in your life. And now, open your Bibles to the book of 1 John chapter 1 as we join Pastor Dan for today's edition of Ring of Truth. person to receive salvation and become a child of God, they must repent of their sins or turn from their sins and put their faith in Jesus Christ. And a true believer then has a desire to honor and obey Jesus Christ. Doesn't mean we get it right every time. It doesn't mean that we were perfect and sinless, but it does mean that now if we're truly born again, we're truly saved, we have a desire and an intention to be obedient to the Lord and to keep His Word and keep His commands. And that obedience is the proof that we're a true believer. Look at verse 4 in your Bible. He who says, I know Him and does not keep His commandments is a liar. And the truth is not in Him. A person may say, I know Him. I know God. I have a relationship with God. I'm a Christian. But if they don't keep his commandments, John says, they're lying. That word liar, it means delusional. He's saying, you're, del- you're delusional if you think you have salvation, but you don't keep the commandments of God. You don't obey him. Your life isn't submitted to him. John's saying, you're not a Christian. You may say that you're a Christian. You might, might profess Jesus Christ, but your walk and your talk don't, match. You're talking the talk, but you're not walking the walk. And the walk is the proof, not the talk. Anybody can say that they're a Christian, or I'm a believer, I've got a relationship with God. Show me in the way that you live your life. Are you submitted to Jesus Christ? Are you submitted to the Word of God? 
Saying you're a Christian is no proof. Living it out, living a life of obedience to the Word of God, that's the proof. I remember years ago, uh, I used to be on staff at a Calvary Chapel uh, in Florida. That Calvary Chapel had a radio station, much like how we have Hope FM here. They had a radio station there. And one day, it was a Wednesday, uh, late in the afternoon, a young man came into the church and asked to speak to a pastor. Uh, And so I sat down with him, and this young man said that he was new to the area. He'd only been living in the area for a few weeks, and he had been listening to the radio station and really liked it, and he thought it would be nice to work for a Christian radio station. And so he was there seeking employment uh, with the radio station. Now, we, weren't, we didn't have any employees that worked, much like Hope FM. We didn't have any employees that worked for the radio station, but I didn't tell him that. Uh, I said, well, let's talk about uh, you working here. And well, let me back up, too. He was about 19 years old, and he's coming in looking for a job. And he has flip-flops on, uh, and he's got board shorts on, and he's got a Hawaiian shirt on with the top couple buttons undone. And he's got his 19-year-old bald chest hanging out, right? Remember how you guys, remember how you used to do that when you were 19? Because you thought it impressed the ladies? And, and this is how he shows up, asking for a job. So that's a whole other sermon on a different topic. But, um, so he mentioned that he only lived in the area for a few weeks. So I asked him, well, hey, what brought you to the area? And he said, well, he went to college in another state. And he and some friends came down to the beach for spring break to party for spring break. And he was having such a good time, he decided not to go back to college. And he was just going to stay and continue to have a good time. And so I asked him, where are you living then? And he said, well, I I met a girl a couple weeks ago and I'm living with her, you know. And I'm I'm thinking, you realize you're asking for a job at a church, right? Like, we're we're at... You know, you're bombing this interview at this point. So, I, and then I asked him, I said, what, do you, what are you currently doing for employment? And he said, well, I don't have a job. And I said, well, what are you doing to make money? He said, I'm selling drugs on the beach. As we're sitting there, and I asked him a couple more questions, and he had, you know, similar answers. And at some point, I finally said, tell me why you think you're a Christian. And he said, well, when I was a kid, I went forward for an altar call, and I prayed the sinner's prayer, and I received Christ. And I, you know, I said, well, what, what else? You know? And that was it. See, he was, he was professing faith in Christ, but there was nothing at all. That's kind of an extreme example. But there was nothing at all in that guy's life that showed any kind of obedience to the Word of God or any kind of obedience to the Lord. There was nothing about him that said, this guy's life has been changed by Jesus Christ. When a person becomes a Christian, there is a change that takes place. There is a change in their relationship with their sin. A true Christian no longer loves their sin as they once did. They know, they're no longer uh, comfortable living in habitual sin as they once were. They no longer make plans to sin. Do you remember that? Making plans to go out on a Friday night or a Saturday night to sin? 
I did that. Did anybody else do that? Right? You're looking at me like that sounds a little unfamiliar. But <laughs> a true Christian who's born again, who's truly saved, desires to obey the Lord. They may not always get it right. But the the intent, the incline of their heart is away from sin. It's away from the old life. And the incline of their heart is towards obedience to the word of God. 2 Corinthians 5.17, if any man's in Christ, he's a new creation. The old things pass away. Everything's made new. That's that's the proof. Everything's been made new. The old life is, is past and they have new life in Christ. I want you to turn with me to Matthew chapter 18. Matthew chapter 18. I want to show you here. Uh, This is where Jesus tells us how to deal with a sinning brother, a a brother, a sister who is in sin and doing something that is ungodly. Matthew 18. He says in Matthew 18, verse 15, Moreover, this is Jesus speaking, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he hears you, you've gained your brother. But if he will not hear, take with you one or two more believers that by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. And if he still refuses to hear them, tell it to the church So now the whole church is going to confront this person about their sin. But if he refuses even to hear the church, look what Jesus says, let him to be you, let him be to you like a heathen and a tax collector. Jesus says here, essentially, if the person is truly a believer, they'll have a desire to obey the commands of God. So when you go to that person to point out their sin and to confront them about it, they should have a desire to obey the Lord. They they should have a conviction of the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit dwells in them. And the Holy Spirit, the Bible says, convicts us of sin, righteousness, and judgment. But Jesus says, after you've confronted them about their sin several times, if they continue to refuse to receive it, he says, let him be to you like a heathen. Let him be to you like a non-believer. In other words, Jesus is saying, they're not saved. They're not truly a believer. A saved person wants to obey the commands of God. A saved person wants to turn from their sin. A saved person wants to walk in righteousness, even especially when it's brought to their attention by a brother or several brothers or the whole church. That, that, this person doesn't want that. And Jesus is saying that shows that they're not a believer and you're to treat them like a non-believer. Well, how do you treat a non-believer? You stay really far away from them. No, you share the gospel with them. Pastor Dan will share the second half of today's message in just a moment. But first, he'd like to take a moment to tell you how you can receive prayer for your needs. Do you need prayer today? Every week we receive prayer requests from our listeners. If you need prayer for anything at all, we would like to pray for you right now. You can share your prayer requests with us through our website, calvaryec.com. Again, that's calvaryec.com or through our church app or by calling us at 410-491-4592. And can I ask you to pray for us as well? 
pray for the Ring of Truth radio ministry as we bring the Word of God to those who need it. Thanks, Pastor Dan, and thank you for praying. Now, let's finish today's message. You know, after you've confronted this person once and twice and three times, and you've brought other people into it, and this person still doesn't want to repent of their sins and get right with God, then, okay, this guy's not a believer. He needs to get saved. He needs the gospel. You share the gospel with them. What John says back in 1 John chapter 2, verse 3, he says, Now by this we know that we know him if we keep his commandments. Now where did John get that from? Well, he got it from Jesus. <laughs> John's just repeating what Jesus taught. In fact, turn with me to John chapter 14. John chapter 14. Look at these verses in your Bible. John chapter 14, verse 15. Jesus speaking, and he says, If you love me, keep my commandments. If you love me, keep my commandments. Down in verse 21, Jesus says, He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. Down in verse 23, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him, fellowship with him, have communion with him. He who does not love me. So now Jesus just flips it in verse 24. He who does not love me does not keep my words. And the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. If he doesn't keep my word, it's because he doesn't love me. If he doesn't love me, he's not going to keep my word. And, And notice here in these verses, it's our love for Jesus Christ that motivates us to obey Him. It's our love for Him. Because I love Him, I'll keep His Word. Because I love Him, I want to obey Him. Now, in our culture, love is a feeling. Love is an emotion. Love is something that we express with uh, sentimental language, you know, with cards or poems and, and that kind of thing. In the Bible, in biblical times, in Jesus' day, love was demonstrated. It wasn't something you said. It was something you demonstrated by your actions. You know, the Bible says that God demonstrated His love for us by sending His Son, Jesus Christ, to die for you. God didn't just say, I love you. I love you lots. He says, I send my son to die for you on the cross. That's how you know that I love you. John 3.16, the most famous verse in all of the Bible, for God so loved the world that he sent his son into the world. In the Bible, you demonstrated love. It wasn't this touchy-feeling, you know, emotional kind of words that you spoke. It wasn't verbal. It was, it was actions that you, you showed Our love for God is expressed by our obedience to Him. So we can say, I love God. I love Jesus. I love to worship Him. I love to sing to Him. 
But what he's looking for is us demonstrating our love by obeying him, by keeping his, his word. Jesus says, if, if you love me, you will do what I say, period. End of story. And that's how I know that you love me, because you keep my commands. You know, we, we can give the Lord lip service, right? You know, even Jesus said, people honor me with their mouths, but their hearts are far from me. Not with their actions. And so, if we love him, we keep his commands. That's how we show our love. By the way, Jesus commands us to be baptized. Now, go back to 1 John. 1 John chapter 2, verse 6. He who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk just as Jesus walked. What, what does that mean? How did Jesus walk? Is it talking about how Jesus walked on water? No, that's not what it's talking about. Jesus perfectly obeyed the Father. He, he always did the Father's will, and he never did his own will. Jesus did the Father's will even when it was extremely difficult for him to do the Father's will. And even when he didn't really want to do the Father's will, he did the Father's will. In Gethsemane, remember, Jesus prayed. Remember, as he's praying, Hebrews says he's, he's, he's screaming out his prayer. And that he's sweating drops of blood. And he is praying to the Father, Father, if there's any other way other than the cross, let this cup pass from me. But then he would say, nevertheless, not my will be done, but your will be done. He, he obeyed the Father's will over his own will. Philippians says Jesus was obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. And John says here to us, he says in verse 6, he who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk just as Jesus Walk. Jesus walked in perfect obedience, and we should walk in perfect obedience to the Word. So one test for us of whether we know God or not is our obedience to Him. Now, verse 7, beginning in verse 7 and the rest of this section, uh, John gives us another test, and that other test is our love for each other. Now look at verse 7. Verses 7 and 8 sound a little bit confusing when you first read them. Brethren, I write no new commandment to you, but an old commandment which you have had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which you heard from the beginning. And then he says again, a new commandment I write to you. <laughs> well, which is it? Is it an old commandment or is it a new commandment? Remember, John writes in part in response to these false teachers that have come into the church. And there's false teachers that have come into the church known as the Gnostics. And these false teachers claim to have kind of a new understanding or a new revelation from God. And John says, I I'm not telling you anything new. I don't, I don't have something new. I've got something old. This is something that you've had for the whole time from the beginning. It's from the Old Testament. Back to Leviticus 19, 18, we're told you should love your neighbor as yourself. So John says, hey, it's, this is nothing new. But then he says in verse 8, in a sense, it is new because Jesus showed us what it really means to love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus laid down his life for others as an example to us. So Jesus took this old commandment and he elevated it to a new level. So it's something old that Jesus has, has given a, a new understanding to. And I want you to notice this here, you, you Bible students and you note takers. John is telling us two tests here to know if we really know God. Two different tests. And the first test is, 
Love God. Do you love God? If you love God, you're going to obey Him. The second test is, do you love your neighbor? If you really know God, you're going to love your neighbor. The two tests are, love God and love your neighbor. Those sound familiar to you? Jesus said those are the two greatest commandments in all of the Bible. John is just teaching old material here, right? Just old stuff that he's got. So look look at verse 9. And we're almost finished here. He who says he is in the light and hates his brother is in darkness until now. He who loves his brother abides in the light and there is no cause for stumbling in him. Over in chapter 3, verse 14, it says, We know that we have passed from death to life because we love the brethren. He who does not love his brother abides in death. He says here in chapter 3 that our love for the brethren, our love for the body of Christ, our love for each other is proof that we have eternal life, that we have salvation. Think about it. How many of you came to faith in Christ as an adult? A lot of you, right? Did you love church people before you were saved? (laughs) No, you didn't, right? You maybe even made fun of church people. You didn't like being around them for sure. But now that you're saved, now that you're truly born again, now we love the brethren. We love the body of Christ. We love to be around our brothers and sisters in Christ. And John says that's the proof that we really have a relationship with God. Jesus even said people will know us by our love for one another. Look at verse 10 again. He who loves his brother abides in the light and there's no cause for stumbling in him. Love sees straight, love sees clearly. And then he tells us those who hate his brother is in darkness and walks in darkness. Hatred blinds a man or woman. Hatred keeps us from seeing clearly. Hatred causes us to stumble. We harbor hatred in our heart. And so John here in this passage, he tells us how we can know that we know God. How we can know that we know God and really know Him and really have a relationship with Him. One way Are you obeying Him? Are you walking in His ways? Are you keeping His word? Are you keeping His command? And do you love the brethren? Do you love the body of Christ just to be around other believers? Those are the two tests that He gives us. How we can know that we know. He asked me how I know And I say Bring truer than the Thanks for joining Pastor Dan Sexton today to study the book of 1 John on Ring of Truth. This New Testament letter encourages its readers to grow in faith, to set aside personal agendas, and unite in a pursuit of God's plans. The author wants those who follow Christ to experience Him fully, as well as experience the beautiful gift of a church community. Having a body of believers around you to support and encourage you in your personal walk with Christ is important. You'll also find that a body of believers is somewhere you can be Jesus' hands and feet to others. Are you part of a church? If not, we want to encourage you to find one soon. If you're in the Baltimore, Washington area, you're invited to join us here at Calvary Chapel. 
We're located in Columbia, Maryland, just a few minutes from Route 95, Route 29, or Route 100. You can find out more at our website, calvaryec.com. You can also give us a call for more information. Our phone number is 410-491-4592. That's 410-491-4592. We're honored to be able to share God's Word with you through each edition of Ring of Truth. If you'd like to listen to additional teachings from this series, you'll find them at calvaryec.com. That's all for now. Join us next time for more on Ring of Truth. And I recognize the hands that crack